They call me the doctor. Greetings, humans, Daleks, Time Lords, and Clockwork Robots. You're listening to Exterminating Doctor Who. This is the show where we take Doctor Who's most popular episodes and debate if they're really as good as their reputations. With your hosts, Aidan Gula. And me, George Ellis. And in today's episode, we are talking about Girl in the Fireplace. That's what we're talking about. The Girl in the Fireplace. No The one's Girl actually... is in the Fireplace. Yes. Ah, I'm burning! I was about to say, Turn they're, the fire they're off. not in the fireplace. They're through the fireplace. Because to be in the fireplace, it'd be... Oh, a bit hot in here. A bit toasty. A bit yeah. warm. Bit, I'm singed. You've singed my feet because I'm the girl in the, the fireplace. The girl burning in the fireplace. That's... We're cooking women in fireplaces. Cooking in the fireplace. There you go. That's that's the name of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Yes, and goodbye. Um, yeah. I, it's another one I didn't watch because I watched it very recently. It's one I did watch because I haven't watched it very recently. Yes, I thought I only watched this about three four weeks ago mm. so i thought it is an amazing episode however can i be asked to mm-hmm. just watch it all again i thought no i'll just watch clips look at some opinions about it think about things i don't like things about things i do like and i managed a whole one page of notes oh wow i've got one the least amount of notes i've ever written three oh that's all right then you can Carry this one forward then. I mean, it's only fair considering there was a fair chunk of this podcast's origin where I just didn't watch the episodes. Yeah. And it was just like, what, what episode is this? What are we talking about? Mm. Where I think are it's, we? it's only fair that I'm... It's it's justice. Yes. Batman, that in so. our final four, five episodes. Don't, stop saying that. It genuinely, it makes me stressed. I don't like <laughs> it being near the end. I hate it. I love this thing being... I'm going to cry. I'm actually probably going to cry on the last episode. The end hey! is approaching. Um, I mean, I cried during this. I'm crying. I'm just, I'm crying a lot. It is moment. an emotional episode. It is. Um, before we come on to it, we don't have any news. Nafal has happened. Bef- one second, George. Before we get onto the episode, we need to announce no news. <laughs> no news, but we have had the trailer. Oh, yes, we did. Yes. What did you think of the trailer? Mm. We, yeah, you know, so... <laughs> yes <laughs> no we both know each other's opinions yes so um so we just, thank you for yeah we'll just mm. <laughs> we know what we think <laughs> you can interpret that as you like no yeah i absolutely fucking love the trailer yeah like i a couple of things we spoke about like i was like what we see underwater imagine the tick. tardis underwater like immediately the foot like it was just like tardis underwater they tick and i was like oh my god i love that there's something Space is cool, but underwater, it's something I, I I love water. So it's something tangible. And if you're underwater, I know what that's like. So a TARDIS underwater, if, it, if it's like you can open the doors and shit, there's something kind of cool about that. And it didn't just look like shitty CGI. It was proper quality. It, that's what I, that my biggest takeaway from the trailer is that it looks expensive. Mm, mm. It's probably the first time I've ever seen Doctor Who and thought you're looking like you're playing with disney level budgets here it's like, this it's looks really huge. nice it's brilliant like the cg is wonderful and the costumes are great and the sets are great 
And I just can't wait to see how it all plays out. And this episode, it would live or die on the CG in a way, because underwater, the big ships, all that kind of thing. But it's not like they've gone full CG. You can tell they can do it. But mm. like with the Sea Devils, they've decided to make them proper... Prosthetics. Like, and that's another thing as well. Like, great. Because I'm watching, finally getting around to Boba Fett at the moment, that kind of mandalorian thing is on my mind a lot. Mm. And the first time I saw the Sea Devil when it was in the teaser trailer, <gasps> it's a Sea Devil, and it looked dead good. It was, I saw so, lo, most people, I'd say 90% of people were like, oh my God, this looks incredible. But I was, there's a 10% who were like going, that looks awful. And then I go, the, I never, they, it were people were saying that they don't ever think classic designs translate to new who's like, the Zygons look naff, Ice Warriors look naff, that kind of thing. They don't think it ever Yeah, translates. the Daleks look naff, the Cybermen. Yeah. They all look, the Master looks naff. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was about to say the Silurians, but the Silurians had a complete redesign. They look nothing like they do in Classic Goose. That yeah. one doesn't. That one doesn't count. Doesn't count. Um, but I was like going, I was going. Oh, I completely disagree. I was going. I think it look. I think the prosthetics look like they are straight out of the Mandalorian. And then I just said, Do you remember the episode where Bo-Katan showed up? There's all the fish people. Yes. I sent, immediately I'm with you. I sent a photo of that to this person, and they were like, "Oh no, I'm with you now." That looks like that could these look like they could be in the same series. Mm. And when you just see them in the trailer, there's there's a shot. There's quite a few of them, and they look great. They look like the classic versions, but they look updated and yes. modern. The um, what do you call it? Z- 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 like the eyes moving and the mouth moves. What do you call that? That's called a face. No, but in the sea devil mask, uh, animatronics. Animatronics, I guess. I guess animatronics. Um, I feel like I know that what you're going for. Yeah, but I'd also go because with... I was watching Confidential not long ago, and they were talking about how the Jadoon face moved, mm. and they were like, "Well, the mm, works like this," and I was they go because it was works with this. There's different levers, and what that. Mm, the word has left me. The electronical facial. Movement. The electronical element upon the because face. Because there's going to be like mechanical things in there. Yeah, it'll be the most uncomfortable thing to wear. Of course. Because it'll just be all metal machines and you'll be there trying to do your lines while it's going next to your head. And But like, what's it called? Well, these. I'm just going to go with animatronics for now, but I don't think that is the word. No, because an animatronic is a full thing. An animatronic is the. It's a clockwork. Yeah. Person. What are they called again? What? The clockwork people. Clockwork droid. Clockwork droid is out. Yeah. Because I wrote it are. down as the clockwork person. Because I was like, yeah. I don't know. One word off. Just a droid. Not a robot. A droid, they call them. Don't, mm. know why, I don't know what the difference is. I've never but... heard anything ever been called a droid in Doctor Who since or before. Really. I don't think it's a word said very often. Mm. Maybe George Lucas owns it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but Because um... Star Wars, nothing is ever a robot. It's a droid. Basically. Yeah. I don't know. But um yeah. I just thought it looked great. There's the shot where you see the I'm gonna call it like the sea dragony thing, though we're assuming it's gonna be the Merka, which was a famously the, the Sea Devils had two appearances in Classic Who. They had one in with the fifth doctor the third doctor first, mm-hmm. then the fifth doctor. And then the fifth doctor. And in the fifth doctor, it's notoriously one of the episodes that got the show eventually cancelled. Because <clears throat> it's kind of like it's an episode that kind of sums up everything that's wrong with Doctor Who. Why? Because like if you think of like all of Doctor Who's strengths, then think of Doctor Who, all of Doctor Who's weaknesses. Mm. It's an episode where it has none of the strengths and it's all the weaknesses. It's awful. Just give me a couple of examples. It's just the way it's like really cheap, swabbly sets, running around, not doing anything, a load of monsters that look naff, yeah. a, load of, a plot that makes no sense. 
the Doctor being boring, the companions not doing anything. Yeah. It's like everything mm -hmm. that is wrong with Doctor Who in one episode. It's awful. But famously, they had the Merca in that, which is supposed to be this mighty kind of sea monster ah. dragon thing. And when it came to production, they forgot to paint it. <laughs> so when it got to filming, they were like, oh, we need to paint this thing. So they would quickly paint it. Action. So as it's going up and down, it's smearing its paint on the walls. All the actors are like, going, oh, they don't want to touch it. And you think, oh, they're so scared of it. No, they don't want to get covered in paint. It's like Peter Davison has notoriously been like, what the fuck was that monster? Like, he's just been, everybody's like, notoriously. Ha, it's one of the things ha, that people ha, say. How do you forget to paint the monster? <laughs> that's just how it was. And why the fuck do you then decide to play with the painted monster which is drying instead of just doing it who was your producer just that's do a just, different scene that's what i wait heard. for it to dry they were like oh we need to paint this thing quickly let's get it done let's just paint it rushed it and it was still wet so it's kind of like now doctor Who, it looks like that big sea creature is probably going to be the murka but it's like let's do it properly this yeah. time i like i would i'm and we'll make it cgi i also like that the trailer answered our question the we, dan thing yeah. we were like going why does dan's outfit look so awful maybe it's just a costume from the tardis then in the trailer is like going did you get that costume from the tardis and he's like okay thank you you've kind of said you, you literally there. said did yaz like dress dan up in that and then the doctor said did yaz did you yaz get yeah. that costume from <laughs> and, the tardis and place it onto dan i was like oh it's actually uh yes answered my it's question exactly there. thank you but uh yeah i'm excited for that I do like the Sea Devils. I do think they're a bit of a kind of, uh, they are just wet Silurians. And they I have, like to refer to them as soggy Silurians. And they have like the same voice as the Zygons, the Ice Warriors, the Sea Devils. They all have exactly the same voice, which is, we are the Sea Devils. We are the Ice Warriors. We are the Zygons. You're like, all right. <laughs> you ran out how to do monster voices. <laughs> just went, let's go for a creepy whisper. Which probably some people find like kinky or something if you listen to this through headphones you probably love that section yeah. you won't know why people are like oh this feels so nice mm. as it's just me being oh don't look at me in the eyes when you do that that's weird a sea devil oh, it's even worse when he closes his <laughs> eyes how is that worse I told him to not look in my fucking eyes and what does he so do he close closes my, his eyes my eyes <laughs> to be the monster within this, um, this makes me feel yeah but yeah that's it there's been nothing else did nothing else you know there was the uh david Tennant convention that we were like let's go to then we looked at the prize we were like maybe Fuck not that. <laughs> extortionate so prices that holy fucking shit like i don't it frankly it's it's immoral and, and, like I, I feel like chris drogas in charge even more it's just like i feel like you shouldn't charge anything like you don't need the it's, money it's weird and it's fans who want to see you i've like i've i've like it feels like one of those things it's like comic con should pay them to appear yeah we pay for the, the ticket. ticket to get in everything after that you do what you want and it's up to and it's and you can maybe like, you pay like to visit one guest it costs this much maybe that's including your ticket to visit five guests it costs this to visit 10 guests it to, costs yes this. to visit so otherwise you could just abuse that and go in and meet every single person and have paid like 25 quid for it but if it was like setting the individual prices of a con some of you could be listening to this just be like well that's just how it is but it is one of those things that you're paying to meet someone mm. when what that's i could do well you could literally wait for them to leave the door mm. afterwards and get a photo like for I, free like a random person I've, I've seen um john malkovich live in a performance once great if i wanted to see like get an audio autograph from him afterwards all i would have had to do is wait like an hour or so outside of the like the stage door maybe get an autograph not guaranteed but 
Like, that's how it works. Well, you can think about where we are right now at Media City. The amount of people I've bumped into outside and just had said hello, just a quick thing, have had a photo with some people. It's just, an, it's, just it's, bumped into they're, they're humans. And I find it to be, they're, they're normal people who, yes, are celebrities and they do play these characters. And but yes, like, they do need to be paid for these events. Yes, of course. It feels weird. Like how much? But it feels how ex- much money would they have made from that? It feels genuinely extortionate for a celebrity to be charging fans for people to be able to meet them, like just meet them and get a photo with them. Because what does that feel like to me? That feels like like uh, someone I look up to basically saying, mm, "I'm better than you because I'm going to charge you this much money for you to even have my ink on a piece of paper." I have got a signed picture from David Tennant because my dad knew someone when he was kind of working with BBC and all that. Just just like, that's just like, I just got that through. I've never met David Tennant, but I've got a signed copy of when he was doing um, his first series with Billy Piper. I have him with it on a signed picture. And I'm like, amazing, wonderful. That didn't cost anyone a penny. And that was just a wonderful thing. And that felt like a wonderful gesture from one of my heroes. Yeah. But if I were to go in and give him 200 quid and be like, can you sign this? It feels like I'm paying someone who believes them to be bigger than me to give me a scrap of paper like I feel like Oliver fucking twist. Please, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> and especially like based on my experience, because I'm quite satisfied with the experience I had, because mm. the I paid to meet, I paid to have a photo with four doctors, and then afterwards went and spoke to them for a good ten minutes each. That's quite good, yeah. And had had signed for it, and it cost me all in all the price it would have costed just to have one photo with David Tennant. So you, in this, is one person. One thing you won't 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 afford you to get an autograph as well. Just that photo, just the photo, and the photo. I was in that room for not even a minute. It was literally in take pose. What pose do you want to do? Oh, should we put our arm out? It was so it was so fast that if you look at the photo, because I've posted it a few times, you didn't have time. Peter and Colin understood what I meant when I went, put your hand out like the doctor. Sylvester and Paul had no idea. And they both go, yeah, behind me because they didn't understand what I meant. That was how fast mm. it was that it went in. I was like, should we put our, I literally said, shall we put our hands out like the like a doctory hand? So I went like that. You were thinking Capaldi. I, I did it like went, Shh. and then, well, everybody was it. David, I've got a uh, I know, but I, I feel like you were thinking Capaldi. Well, I was just thinking it's a classic doctor pose, isn't it? I've actually got a uh, yes, thing dear. on my phone somewhere. Where it was David Tennant talking about it's an interview from Doctor Who magazine. It's David Tennant talking about how he got fed up with Doctor Who photo shoots because he realizes only four poses. And like goes, you can either put your crossed arms, put your hand out, put your hands in your pockets, or kind of slouch. And he goes, There's only so many to do. And he said, like, by series four, he's going, Why are we still doing these? <laughs> Haven't I done enough? <laughs> put my hand out for it. It's like, yeah, but you're in a different outfit now. You've got a different haircut. He's like, oh, just edit it. And it's like, why do I keep needing to do this? But I found that funny. Yeah. So I went, it was that fast that I went in. I made a quick joke where I just went, I won't tell you who my favorite is because I don't want you to fight over me. Colin laughed and then I left. That was it. That was it. So it would be the same for those. It would just be, hi, David, I'm such a big fan. All right, Shh. piss off. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was just not worth it. It's just that, which is why... When I came out, because I only had I had only booked tickets for the photos, because I thought you'd be there for a bit of, a bit of time. When I stepped out, I thought, "Well, I've not even said any of the, any of the things I rehearsed in the mirror to say to them." So then I went and bought the autograph tickets as uh-huh. well. So it was twenty pounds each. 
That is reasonable to me. Honestly, I feel like it shouldn't be anything, but £20 I will allow. That's reasonable I, that's, because that's that, reasonable. that doesn't feel like something I have to save up for in the sense Yeah, of, and it would feel like, you say if that yeah. was the price, but it was like, that say is, you were that, booked, is a, that is like a trip for me to the cinema kind of thing. It's yeah. a bit of an event if it was kind like, of price. If it was like, that's why, because I was when I was there, I was like going, I was really broke at the time and I was like going, when am I going to get this opportunity again with all four classic doctors, but not kind of Tom Baker deals that do them anymore. Um, I was thinking like where all the classic doctors are here. Because mm. like they're not there with the one I went to. They're not all there again this year. So it was very much one and done. But it was safe. It was that thing I'm saying where like if you booked a ticket, it was like, this affords you five guests. And I'd, pr- I'd say that's probably about the money I spent. Like 20 pound mm. each. You know, get you maybe like 50. That was mm. what? 20 pound each. That's 80 pounds. I think 80 pounds. If that was, if you paid 80 pounds for a convention ticket, which afford you like five guests. That seems about right to me. Yeah. And you like can... 200 pounds for one person it's, it's for insane. one thing. I'm like, huh? It's, it's too, it is too much money. Like the 80 pounds for like a couple, like 20 quid for a guest. It's the amount of money like you pay for a little kind of popcorn, hot dog and a ticket to the cinema. It's a little event kind of thing. And although you can get that kind of stuff for free, they are in a, in a certain space. There's, there's demand for And you've them. got to, you're paying not just them, you're paying the convention as yes, well. Yes, so. there's demand for them. It makes sense for it to be that price. For 200 quid, when it, this is the thing. If they were all 200 quid, then you could, someone could maybe like convince me that it's because all of these things cost this much money, so that makes sense, but it doesn't. Because if those five doctors, 20 quid each, the reason Tennant is charging 10 times that much is because he believes himself to be worth... Ten or times that much. Does. It's just yeah, but it's, it's that kind they, of thing. They, yeah, it's, it's not just what you believe it. To frankly, be. I find it to be quite disgusting. No, like this isn't like anything against like David or um, it's more just the Catherine or anything circuit. like. It's yeah. it's um, something against the way these conventions do this kind of thing because it was with Tom Hiddleston with Loki and stuff like that. It's not just his Doctor was Who. even more. It, his it was is ridiculous. to do. It is just the way conventions do this, and frankly, I think it's disgusting. What I did quite like, so what was a really nice detail. I've just remembered this when I saw the because honestly that day with the with the doctors mm. was honestly incredible because they were all so nice and I just I I made Colin Baker laugh and Sylvester McCoy laugh and Sylvester McCoy said to me oh that's a really funny joke and I was like going I have made it <laughs> but uh, it was really nice is when you're supposed to go up to when you go up to the desk you're supposed to hand them the ticket to say I have paid for you to give me an autograph mm-hmm. look around at a lot of the other actors they were like. You know, they check the person because they always sat there and they've got a person sat with them. They'd be checking. I see that every all four doctors I went up to never checked my ticket. So as far as they were concerned, I hadn't paid for an autograph. That's fascinating. And they were just like, yeah, come up, speak to me. I I talked to Paul McGann. I was dead nervous of Peter Davison. He was the first one I went to. And <laughs> once I, you got into the flow. Over there, yeah, because he was the first one I went to. And I was a bit like... <laughs> and then I went to Colin Baker and managed to talk to him for longer. Sylvester McCoy talked for longer. The longest one I spoke to was Paul McGann because Paul McGann was then asking me stuff. I was like, I want to leave, man. What, what, what kind of questions? <laughs> it's like, I want to go. He was like, well, how did you discover? Because I was on about how, because obviously you like, can tell their fans when they do it was, that. It was very much like, because the one of the things Paul McGann said to me, because I was like on about, I was on about how all through lockdown I was listening to a lot of Big Finish. And I was like, going, your Time War series kept me going, all that kind of stuff. And he was like going, oh yeah, we work on something really cool at the moment. <gasps> And he was like, going, it's, going, it's not stranded. It's not the other thing on the website. It's going, there's something else. And they've still not announced what this <laughs> thing is. So I'm still in my head. I'm going, what is this series? 
like, am I the only person who knows they're working on something imagine special? Imagine something live action with Paul McGann. Imagine, <laughs> imagine if that's what he was hinting. But I was just like, what is it? But they were all so nice. And like I said, Paul McGann was then asking me, how did you discover the Eighth Doctor? What's your favorite thing? And I was like, I want to leave, man. <laughs> what am I it was like, it was like, there was such a nice conversation. And yeah. as far as all of them were concerned, I had not paid. They were just talking to me as a fan. But I bet you go to David Tennant or Chris Eccleston or Tom Hiddleston or any of these big actors. I'm not just limiting it to these people. It's not a specific attack at these actors. It's just we know these it's are at examples these people. I bet. I bet the staff that's with them check. Yeah. Have you got your ticket? Whereas these are just like, hi. And it's probably <laughs> have you got a ticket? You can go now. Like it's just it's it's. It, it, yeah, it, it's better. Like, can you look see how long the, the queue is? Just get it signed. Like and the leave. price is fucking extortion, and I find I've said why I don't like that, and I get that it's like how the conventions work, but it, they shouldn't work like that at all. And we've discussed that. But honestly, by doing it like this, to me, what it really does is it creates a kind of your know, separation between the fans and the and the actors and the creatives and that kind of thing. Because when you go up, it's like what you got there was a nice experience, like fan to yeah. fan in a way, but. You can you can bet like with Tom Hiddleston and Tennant and that kind of thing. It would be very much a conveyor belt of this fan is here to see you. What's the name, Molly? Okay, go next. What's the name, Sophie? Okay, there's next. no connection there. It is literally it becomes you're buying something rather than getting to meet someone. Do you yeah. get what I mean? It turns it from meeting conventions, Comic Con. It's always been meeting your meeting your heroes, that kind of thing. It turns it from meeting them to buying merchandise off them, and, but, it's, and it feels it's a like different you probably feeling. Could just do that on their website exactly. anyway. It just I, what have you actually achieved? Which is why when I'm saying like when I was speaking to the doctors and just Sylvester McCoy saying, "Oh, that's such a funny joke." It's like I feel like I've had an impact, even just for a moment. Just, yes, just for a moment, mm-hmm. I feel like I just because it was the the what even was, if he doesn't remember you or how you yeah, spoke, he, he remember, remember the he, joke. He pro- just know? just a small thing. He might have remembered it for the rest of the day, that kind of thing. It's just that small thing. If it was just the rest of the day, if it was just the next hour, I'm like, I'm fine with that. Because it's just because it was the fact that what was great is because the way the tables were set up, you can then pay at the desk to have a photo with them um, at the desk, which was like £10. So that's fine. Because um, that's more like just on your phone. But because it, it was all the desks are all laid out, it means that if they want to get a photo with you, they've got to come all the way around the table. <laughs> And get there. So the amount, when I was in the queue, I'd say at least four people do that with Sylvester McCoy. So he was up, round there, oh, back to his desk, up, round there. And I thought, just, just separate the tables, give yourself a little thing. Yeah. He, kept doing, he kept doing it. So when I was waiting, he came around and he was stood in basically in front of me, like he was as far away from me as his laptop is now. And he was standing there, as if some girl was messing around on the phone, trying to get a camera up, trying to do this. And he was just kind of standing there with his hands on his lapels like that. And, so then I just t- and he turned and looked at me. And I just went, I thought you were queuing to your own autograph then. And he just burst out <laughs> laughing. And that's, when, and that's when he kind of turned around again. Then he turned back, back to me and he went, that's a really funny joke. And that's what, I, that's what it was. It was just like that That's moment. a very sweet, yeah. Because I, it was just like, I've got, I've got the seventh doctor mm. in front mm. of me. I've got to say something. So I thought, well, I've got to do my, I've got to make a joke, haven't I? What do I, what do I say? Yeah. It wasn't going to be, you're actually really small in real life. I can't <laughs> say that. So I just thought, I'll just say this. Thing. And it was just nice. General Seventh Doctor, you're shorter than I expected. <laughs> it was just like, it was nice. I feel like I had an impact on his mm. life the, for the, 10 minutes. Yes. And the, basically the point is, that's a personal moment. The thing I got with Kevin Conroy, it's a personal moment. And Whereas the price like, wise, 
they are it makes proportionate sense. to what yeah. you're getting. Because I've paid, but I've got something out of it. Whereas if you go to Tom Hiddleston, you have to pay £300 for a photo. That's then not an exaggeration. It that was is how much it is. if not actually more. And then £300 for an autograph as well. Mm. And I bet it is this massive queue mm-hmm. where you have to go. Because when I saw it, the longest queue there on that day when I was there was Paul McGann. And I still had a 10-minute conversation with him. Mm. Tom Hiddleston will be a massive queue, even longer than that. And I bet it is just, what's the name? Jack. Yeah, okay, bye. And they don't have a story now. Like, I met Tom Hiddleston. Oh, really? What was he like? I don't know. I don't really speak to him. That's... Honestly, that's the main thing. They don't have a story to tell. You know what I mean? It's a story and yeah. it's just, oh God, this is just, this is a commentary on why conventions, it's just charging too much. And it, to me, what is happening with conventions is it's charging too much for something that you can pay less and get a very different and better experience with these heroes mm. than if you would go to these conventions. And what's happening is these conventions are basically becoming, in this sense, at least separating fans and the artists in a way and i find that quite depressing honestly all right that's enough on conventions the thing we are actually here for today is the girl in the fireplace as we said at the start or for us 40 minutes ago mm-hmm. but um if you're watching the video you will notice that a person has just appeared if you're listening on audio you're like going are they seeing things there is nobody here i like i want you to now edit edit jake out <laughs> so we are just crazy <laughs> so, <stop> there. <laughs> so can the ethereal voice say hello Hello. There it is. You've never heard that voice on the podcast <laughs> before, have you? That is the along every single episode for quite a while now. I've gone, I'm watching Doctor Who with my boyfriend at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, let's get him on. Because mm. we only have five episodes of the podcast left. So Stop saying that. It's quite no, depressing. There's no opportunity for him to appear. So <laughs> here he is. He's seen Girl in the Fireplace. It was your favourite episode for a long time, wasn't it? Yes. That's um, Series 2 one. Yeah. The the clockwork people. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. Yeah. What, clockwork what, people. Clockwork, clockwork person. People. Clockwork droids. Yeah. What replaced this as your favourite? Because this was your favourite, wasn't it? Yes. I think it was... It would have been Series 3, Blink. I reckon. Probably. Blink. This was your favourite. <laughs> I asked Aiden earlier. He had a very concrete answer with that. Jake's like, hmm, <laughs> I, I don't remember was... what my favourite is. But yeah, he's here. He can uh, provide some opinions, some little fresh thoughts that we've... Because I find what I find really interesting about watching Doctor, because everybody listening to this is going to be a diehard Doctor Who fan, unless you're not. And then, I mean, thank you for being fans of us. Maybe those Dutch people that listen are like, "What is Doctor Who?" But maybe, um, <laughs> what's that accent? I mean, I know, yeah, he, he tries. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be an accent. It yeah, was just <laughs> what is Doctor Who? But, um, <laughs> but uh, it, I find it fascinating watching it now. And Jake would go, "Oh, this character's great," and I'd be like, "Are they?" Or it's like, this episode is great. This episode is awful. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, it's actually not brilliant. Like, it's kind of, it's nice watching it with a fresh It forces you to take away any sort of nostalgia. Because I know what, I know what my opinions are. I know what your opinions are. I know what the general public's opinions are. But I kind of like... Like general, I've been interrogated. Gen- mo- when did you fans, find these out? But it's like, kind of just the, if I'm watching this for the first time, because I would not have the first time opinion for, on this episode for 16 years. So it's like, I don't remember what my first opinion would have been. And I'd also would have been five when it was on. So my opinion now would vary if I had seen it. Little baby Aiden. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Can I edit that out? <clears throat> we hope. Uh, my throat, that did. I'm not doing that one again. Little, little baby Aiden. So yeah, where shall we start? Um, we'll I'm start with Jake introducing st- himself. Because we, ha- we usually do that. <laughs> I mean, we can do. 
You can say your favourite characters, your favourite things. Your introduction, so far. your favourite Doctor. Who are you? To Doctor Who. Oh. Where were you born? No. Just, <laughs> just who are you? Your favourite Doctor. And kind of just what introduced quite, you to Doctor Who? Quite hard question when we're I know. only yeah, four I know. I'm quite I'm limited with my choices. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> four series in, but uh, yeah, we can still do it. Go on, give us some stuff about yourself. Okay, so I'm Jake. Hello, my favourite Doctor out of the two I've seen <laughs> would be David Tennant. Mm. Um, he yeah. didn't overtake immediately, though, did he? No, it took about halfway through series two, I think. Yeah. That was when. There was still a while you were going, I still prefer Eccleston, but he still feels like more like the Doctor to me. And then I think it was actually a by series two finale, I think, was when you were like, oh, no, kid, David Tent's my favourite now. Mm, probably. You probably remember it more than I do. Yeah, I like yeah, I do. <laughs> Jake, introduce yourself. Well, Jake likes these kind of things. <laughs> well, actually, Jake, you've actually said this to me, so... <laughs> Carry on. Oh, what else do I say? Favorite episode. Best. Oh. Best. What is your favorite episode? What do you think is the best episode? What is your least favorite episode? What do you think is the worst episode? Mm-hmm. You can f- do, yeah. At point of recording, we have just watched Partners in Crime. So that's where we're up to. Okay. My favorite episode, and probably the best one, would be Blink. I really like okay. that one. Other than that, it will, my favorite will be The End of the World. I really like that one. Don't know why, but you just well, do. Well, Cassandra. That's probably the only reason why, and it's very camp. <laughs> camp and silly. Um, my favourite character, obviously Jackie. There's just, like, no competition there. Unless we pick doctors or companions. No, like, Jackie. Jackie. Yeah, it's Jackie. Jackie forever. I don't think anyone will overtake her. I think she'll remain my favourite <laughs> through well, the we've mentioned entire previ- series. We've mentioned previously on this podcast that we play the... Um, TARDIS flight Roblox game. Oh, and would you, like, would you like to share with the world what you've changed your username to? What have you done, Jake? No, come Why on, are you Jake? exposing me like Jake, this? Come on, Mark. <laughs> I thought name? this would be a nice little chat and you're no, here no, exposing this is, me. This is an interrogation. What, <laughs> what did you change you your name to? Your I don't know this. Okay, so my new username is Jakey Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Jakey Tyler. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> That's how much of an impact Jackie has had on his life. (laughs) His username is now Jakey Tyler. Jake, you maniac. What the fuck? Half the photos in my camera roll are of Jackie Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I'm like late or waiting for something, he's like, if I'm late or if he's waiting for something, he sends me a picture of Jackie looking at a watch. If he's doing his his call, he's He's got all these reaction <laughs> memes now. <laughs> oh my Brilliant. god. Speaking of Carl, just to mention conventions again, I can imagine you going to a convention and being like, and they can be offering tenon. Oh, if Camille Cadore was there, we are going. Yeah, and it's absolutely. Jackie Tyler. <laughs> and you ignore everyone else and you're just <laughs> walk past like it's every single doctor is there. Walk past them all and go straight. Don't care to, about them. Jackie Tyler. To Jackie. She should be the next doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my dream. <laughs> God, that actually hurts my cheeks. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, it was just oh. genius, that was. Yeah. What would you say is your least favourite and worst episode then? I think they're probably going to be the same. Probably 42. Yeah. I was about and to that's say probably 42. the worst. But yeah. also, after listening to your episode of The Dalek in Manhattan. Is that, that one fallen as well? Yeah. I, re- I realised I really didn't like that episode either. <laughs> Mostly because of... Penis man. <laughs> I can't remember his actual name. But a Dalek sack. 
a lot of just the sight. What will happen is you'll experience what I experienced with Aiden on the podcast, which is you'll have a, a like maybe some positive ideas about an episode, and then by the end of it, you'll drop your mark down by like a <laughs> yeah. point. Every or time. the opposite way around, you're really negative, you end up going off. Yeah, it's I it, my like the podcast. It really allows you to discover your true opinions, I find. Yeah. Well, even then it doesn't, because when I was, because obviously I listened to them to check they're safe for him to listen to, because if there's something that has loads of spoilers, I'm like, you can't listen to that because <laughs> it's going to ruin it later on. So I have to listen to us right. again. How do you feel? You're having to have it like parental child <laughs> first. <laughs> it has to go through a filter. Through me. I, have, I have to listen to it like, I've already, I've already recorded this, edited it, released it, and I've got to listen to it again. But um, at least now with the new episodes, you can just do a tick. It should be like a little box at the bottom, tick for Jake's safety. <laughs> yeah, that's safe true. for Jake, which yeah. means like if anyone's new to Doctor Who, they can watch the episode if they've. We could do that. Could make it make a playlist for it yeah. and just be like safe for listening, that kind of thing. Safe but um, for Jake. um, yeah, it was little, as I was as I was face, just little smile. <laughs> as I was listening to it, I was like that Adolix in Manhattan episode. I was kind of thinking, I don't agree with myself anymore because <laughs> having watched it again, I was like, this isn't great. I'm I'm kind of fifty fifty. I don't know if I like it or not anymore. Mm. After we did the podcast, we're like, no, I like this. After watching it again, I'm like, Mm-mm. I'm not sure if I do. Because <laughs> I can tell, because it's funny, because sometimes we can watch episodes and I'll be quite enjoying it. But then I look at Jake and he looks bored out of his mind. <laughs> and then at that moment, I go, this isn't very good, is it? <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, God. Oh, maybe it's not. Like we watched, we tried to watch a couple of episodes of Torchwood and you were just like, what is this? And I was like, this isn't actually great, is you it? Have you, have you given up on Torchwood? Well, we watched a few. I wanted to watch some key ones before Jack came back in Utopia. Jack came back. Yeah. So we watched a couple and then we were right. going to we were going to watch the three episodes that Martha is in. We watched the first one and it bored me so much. And I was like, should we not bother the other two? Oh and we were God. like, we were like, never mind. Weird. You're Torchwood. telling me the root sound song didn't sell the episode. It's weird. It's when it's good, it's great. When it's not great. It's kind of like, but then again, I've only seen the first two series and the second, the three and four are supposed to be the great ones. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the two I haven't seen yet. So it's a bit like the only ones I have seen are the ones where it's kind of a bit like. He has this, some series is the Clone Wars, for example. You like, like, they just need to keep my attention. They I know, just, don't. just skip in, screw it. <sighs> I'm I'll sure I could, I could write you like a synopsis of Tortured and the Clone Wars. I haven't seen Tortured. So I have to watch it first. <laughs> anyway, get in the fireplace. Fucking hell. Um, Technically, we only have 25 minutes left of our slot, but nobody's in the room after us, so we will Barricade be... the door. We will be occupying this room and nobody is allowed in. So <laughs> if they go, how long are you going to be? Just be like... Five minutes? An hour, maybe? Um, be quick. Go in the fireplace. Right. Where do you want to start? Because like you said, you haven't seen this in a while. No, I haven't. So... He was talking to me there because we do have a third person. I'm not just you yeah, well, anymore. I'm generally, George. I'm just going to be talking to you. <laughs> and then he can chime in whenever he likes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fuck you, Jake. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so uh, that's how it's going to work. Because I feel like Wonderful. if I ask Jake, like, what, were you, what was your opinion on this scene? He'd just go... That scene. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I definitely remember that scene. You can do it how I used to do it. Just stick to themes. Follow along. Yeah, I don't remember the themes, if I'm honest. You'll, you'll pick up them, like how I used you to do remember the podcast. You'll remember some bits. See, yeah. Like, for example, here we are. This is where I'm going to start. Let's start with the clockwork people slash robot slash robots slash person slash droids. And the reason I'm going to say that is because what was the scene that absolutely te- scared the shit out of you? Ah, right. Oh, was is it under you? the bed? Yeah, under the bed. Oh. Let's start there. 
Right. This freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> right. I hadn't seen this episode in a very long time. Yes. And I, whenever I remember back to it, I think, oh, that's a good one, right? But yeah. I can never remember much from it. When all that scene came on, where it's all dark, you re I remember the clock being smashed, and then you hear the ticking, and it's like, what is that? I remember developing a fucking phobia of ticking clocks when I was younger. I've forgotten this fact. There was like a good chunk of my life for a good couple of years where I could not sleep in the same room as any sort of ticking clock. I'd have to throw it away. I couldn't cope with it because it would shit me up because of this episode. Yeah. I'd forgotten that was a part of my life. And I think I repressed You've that because trauma. I was scared of it. Yeah. Genuinely. Again, fucking Stephen Moffat able to shit me up in another way and give me nightmares as a child. How the hell does he do this? I know it's, it's funny that as I, was, I said this last week where the hell's my pen gone I was saying this last week that for like seven weeks in a row we've gone this episode is great because it's scary and again another plus point it was scary again it's just a common thing especially with Moffat ones like you think Empty Child he makes gas masks scary this mm. one he makes clocks scary the next episode he makes statues scary the one after that he makes shadows scary he's like and all these ordinary things that scare you it's genius with them because by making things that kids, that are just normal day-to-day -day things. You see it, you recognise it, and you go, oh my God. He's finding, it's it's got to be like a form of, like, weird mental torture in a way. You find, like, something people are so used to, and you connect it with something scary. And then whenever they see that thing, they They're are triggered by the, the monster. Yeah. And it's fascinating how I had forgotten, like, I'd forgotten that was a, a scene but until the moment that scene started. Like, I started the episode and I was like, this is quite nice. The moment that scene started and I was like, oh my God, I remember this scene because it genuinely scared me. Like, <coughs> fear. Like, to the point where, do you know if you're like, when you're younger, you close your eyes and you're trying to sleep and you're like, I'd, I'd focus if on... I can't not... see it, it can't see exactly. me. I'd focus on not seeing anything and not hearing anything because I'd be like, I'm safe, I'm safe. I'm safe. It's weird that that was actually yeah. something that genuinely scared the living shit out of me. <laughs> and I forgot it was a thing. And that's just a testament, again, to Stephen Moffat's writing. And the fact these clockwork bad guys are scary. And I didn't... I mean, when I was watching the episode now, I was like, they're not that scary. They're not that scary, honestly. The faces are creepy, though. They are, yeah. No, they are really creepy. creepy. They are creepy, but they're not the most terrifying monsters I've ever seen. Because I think you find out I think too much. quite fun. <laughs> oh. I think you find I think you find out what their true purpose is quite and because early. you are, it's it's the it's the idea that once you understand it it's less scary that yeah. kind of thing but still even after I because I'm I, I remember understanding them and all that that scene under the bed snatches at the doctor doctor count like um retreats a bit it's just standing there brilliant like just really really good really scary and just scariest scene and. Although you understand them more and they get less scary because of that introduction to them, you find them scary from then on out and you find clocks scary in real life when you're a kid. For me, at least. Yeah. <coughs> the only negative... Digital all the way. <laughs> the only negative... I'm going to say, I have one negative about the clockwork robots. And it is quite similarly when we did Silence in the Library... And we realised that it had a lot of similarities to mm. previous Moffat episodes. The monster here is very similar to one series earlier, the nanogenes. They're monsters, technically, but they're not actually got a malicious intent. Both their intent is just to repair. It's just how they were programmed. It's just their programming mm -hmm. goes, we must repair, 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 and it leads to this downfall. So it's, it's kind of like, one was a little thing that kind of repaired people. This is a thing that repairs spaceships. Mm. 
very similar. And then you think about, he's in his room, you hear the ticking, he's like, oh, everything's normal. Hold on, the clock's broken, so what is that? Same scene as when they're in the empty child's room and they're talking and then going, well, if the if the tapes run out, then whose is that voice? They turn around and he's there. It's the same scene. Similar. It's similar. Yeah, I get, like definitely very like mm. like extremely similar where you could say it's the same, but I feel like they are done differently. You know what I mean? So they still do land, and I think it's the idea that if they were exactly the same, would it land exactly the same? Probably not. No. But because they're done similarly enough, it can it does feel a little bit like you're rehashing your old ideas here, but you're changing it enough so it lands in a different way. So I, I although a negative point doing that because it's not completely fresh, so it does feel like a bit of a cheat. The scene is still effective and I love it. Exactly. Yeah. So and it scared the life out of him. So how did you feel about it, Jake? <laughs> I shouldn't expect it. <laughs> it was probably like it's probably like, oh, you didn't warn me the show would be scary. <laughs> I think that's the only thing that's made me jump throughout the entire show. Probably. I can't think of another time I jumped. No, but you've also have still been scared. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> There's been some other scenes where he's gone, this is actually scary. <laughs> then the Weeping Angels was one of them because he was like going, um, how is this allowed on at seven o'clock on a Saturday night? Like, this is so scary. But, um, yeah. Other Mo- you said you had a lot of things to say about Moffat, George. Yes. So what I find interesting about Moffat is when the first episode we watched with Jake was obviously the Empty Child one. And you were like, I'm really concerned that I'm not going to like his era because you weren't fussed on the episode. But your opinion has now changed, hasn't it? Yeah. That's the only Moffat episode that I wasn't. 100% on board with. Yeah. I guess you could say. Whereas then you get to Blink, which is your favourite one. Mm. And there's this one, which was your favourite until Blink happened. So clearly you're a fan of Moffat so far. Yes. He it just was had a just dud. The Empty Child, which was a good episode. It just didn't connect with me yeah. for some reason. What connected with you then with this one? What was the difference? I think because, probably because it was a single episode, I, I tend to that's not true. No. <laughs> you're gonna say you're gonna say I don't tend to like the two parters, but no, that's not always the that's case. That's not the true. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Was it the monster that was scarier? Um, did it feel more real? Did it? Did you prefer the sci-fi? Because I just prefer the story. Just prefer the story. Yeah, it's fair enough. Because it is a like they are. Because I like because it, it is kind of like and it's a focus story. I think that's the like, the point you're maybe heading for. Because Probably, it, because yes. it's a one part of it is a, it is a focus. You get on, on with just it. this. You get on with Whereas it. Whereas with Doctor Dances and <laughs> Empty Child, it is kind of it does take a while. It's a bit, it's a bit of and you about, get quite used <laughs> to the monsters, so it maybe lands less scary there. But I, that's probably that's might be. And I think this one why. as well because you've got um, it's a historical, which you found you don't always connect with. But well, it does, I, usually, it, I usually end up liking them. It's just the thought of watching a historical one is a bit like ugh. Yeah. Whereas this one, God, you're is... gonna hate the Jodie era then, because <laughs> <laughs> they're all historicals. And the yeah, because um, this one is essentially historical, but I think it's done in a way where you can class it as a historical or one of the space-based ones, mm. because you're kind of on an equal split between locations. Well, so that is the point. <laughs> it is, yes. Well done. But um, thank you. I, I'm known for my insight. Yeah, and I just find it's like. <laughs> Because New Who is known a lot for doing celebrity historicals, where you go to a historical and you meet somebody famous. You meet Queen Victoria or Charles Dickens, that kind of thing. New Who is known for that. Classic Who, 
don't really do that. They go to the classic, they go to historical times, but you don't really ever... Visit, we, we visit Caveman 7. And it's like... That is literally... Yeah. That is the first ever episode of Doctor Who. They go to a cave. They get stuck in the cave. They learn how to make fire. The cavemen get scared and they run away. You're telling me the Doctor never knew how to make fire? Well, that's, that's what they do. They were like, they go, oh, look, there's fire. What they do, they get held hostage by these cavemen. Mm-hmm. And then they light a fire because they think mm-hmm. oh, we need to stay warm. The cavemen are like, what is that? And it's like, this is fire. And they go, oh, oh you are gods. And then Susan finds a skull. She puts a flame in the skull and chases them all around with it because they're all terrified of this burning skull and they escape. That was the first ever episode of Doctor Who. Why did anyone and watch anymore? it carried on. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, episode two had the Daleks in it. So it was like, ah, I'm with we're you quickly now. Like, we're, shit, but, uh, we did cavemen, right? Daleks, Daleks, The first Daleks. episode was, is, first episode is terrible. Um, <laughs> where was I going? For us, I talking about cavemen. Historicals, good split. Yeah, this is a, a celebrity historical. Thank God I'm here. But it's like... <laughs> more than you know this. It's like a niche celebrity historical because nobody really knows who Madame de Pompadour is. Did you know who she was before Doctor Who? No, but I know that um, David Tennant snogged her. Yeah. Genuinely, that's oh. all that. That is my knowledge of Madame de Pompadour. Yeah. Did you know who Madame de Pompadour was? I knew the name. That's all I knew. More than I knew. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know, I was didn't... expecting like, wow, he's so smart with this knowledge of Madame de Pompadour. He knows yeah. more than the us. Only, the only time I ever, I ever heard the name again was when I did the French Revolution and at one point my teacher said, blah, 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 Madame de Pompadour. Well, that like, probably I was like, why I know it then. My week of A-level history. <laughs> it's like me with Assassin's Creed. Like you'd visit historical characters and then I, like you'd do them in history and be like, oh yeah, I stabbed them. They're a real person. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, so I like that it is a celebrity historical, but it's doing it in a way that is like, but why this celebrity? This is such a niche celebrity. Why are we focusing on her? And I like that all the way through the episode, it's only in the final frame that you reveal why she was even there in the first place. I do like that the Doctor's just like, why am I having to pump it all? And it's just like, she was compatible. And they just kind of you, roll with it. Once you know why, it's like... When you know why, you're like, ah, I get it now. But until then, it's just like, okay, let's just roll with it, mm. I guess. I kind of like just the randomness of that and how you just... And then, mild spoiler here, but um, when the clockwork people come back... Yes. And now they're on the SS Mary Antoinette, I like that it's like, clearly there is some station somewhere that ships these spaceships out and names them after French aristocrats. Mm. Where is this base? Mm. What are the other ships called? Who is doing this? Do you find how out? How random? No. no, no, but it's a nice little kind of it's. You're, it's just nice, like the. It's more of a reference than anything. Yeah, because it's yeah. The clockwork droids come back, and it's on a different ship. That's basically the Doctor. Is struggling to remember, and he goes, yeah. "Madame de Pompadour, this seems familiar. Why?" That's his then, event, then he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. It'll make sense. It'll make sense in four series time. Um, Don't try and think about when that is." Scrub it from your brain. Scrub, scrub. Hmm? I did a brain scrub there. Scrub, scrub. Yeah. I like how you weren't watching, so you'll watch the recording and be like, what the fuck is this doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, anything to say on Madame de Pompadour? Uh, I can't spell Madame de Pompadour. That's one thing I've just noticed Yeah, here. I struggled. I Madame, put, Madame, I put Madame de Pompadour. I put Madame D. Exactly. You, well, I thought I did. I put Madame de Pompadour, and then I thought that's not right. Scribbled out, put do. Then I thought that's not right. Then I put da, 
thought that's not right. Madame either. da Pompadour. <laughs> Madame da Pompadour. <laughs> I thought that's not right either. So then I went back to do, and I thought that's got to be correct. And then when I looked at the final shot, the ship is called Madame de Pompadour. Well, I just put Madame de, de Pompadour. Rup-a-pum-pum. <laughs> <laughs> Am I on like musical Oliver Twist brain? What's going on here? I can't even think what the rest of that song no even is. No one can. It's the Bing Crosby, David Bowie Christmas song, isn't it? <laughs> what is the song? The awful video that sat around the piano. Not a clue. Don't. Let's just cut this off now. We don't need to keep going with this, Aiden. Uh, no, no. God, no. <laughs> Little drummer boy. Oh, my God. That's what it is. But um, I like her because it's that sense. I like that the way she treats the doctor. Because I, I probably like, I like her as a character. Mm-hmm. But you don't really learn a whole lot about her, I find. I think mm-hmm. you kind of just go, she's the king's mistress. The queen's she's quite, okay with it. Yeah. She's supposed to be the French. sexy romantic character. Though I wrote was about this episode that I like this episode. I wrote that it's it's scary, it's sad, it's romantic, and it's funny. And I thought she kind of ticks all of those, <laughs> which I like about she, her. She, although she we kind don't of exemplifies the episode. We do get a hell of a lot of charisma from her, and she is very much like you like you like her because she's well acted, well written. You don't get to know her for long. But to be fair, we do get like quick bursts of like important moments of her life, childhood. That we do skip like childhood to twenty one, then looks the same as thirty seven. You know? <laughs> we get that, yeah. but it's like we do get like good bursts of kind of their life and that kind of thing, and little hints mm. at things. So we see their personality at like key moments. So it's kind of like you you do get attached to them because you're seeing like the best moments of them in a way. Yeah, you kind of you cutting out the fat. And I think I mean? really it's like the the reason I like her as a character is kind of that thing where she has a good relation with the doctor and it's a good you can see some good things for the doctor from it. Like like we said, well, we've said this before, but how Moffat treats the doctor as this fairy tale mm-hmm, legend. Mm-hmm. Russell T. Davis, it's like, you know, he's a he's very human, he's like one of us. He's like, you know, he could be he could be your friend. Whereas Moffat treats him more as a kind of, he is this legend. He's this man out there and he graces into your lives and you may see him, you may not, you may remember him, but he will touch your lives in some way. And she does that here that like Amy was like, I've got an imaginary friend called the Raggedy Man. She was like, I've got an imaginary friend called the Doctor. And it's all that kind of thing where I like those elements, the Doctor, that she's looking. And then when people see him, they go, oh my God, it's you, you're real. That kind of thing. I like that fantasy element about the Doctor, the fairy tale about him. And I like that Renee can provide that. Mm. Who's Renee? Madame de Pompadour, that's her real name. Her name is Renee Poisson, isn't it? Which translates to Renee Fish. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I get exactly what you mean. It's very much you see... you, You see this person talk like yeah you just you get this kind of fantasy side of the doctor which is very moffat thing and you see this mystical figure that kind of like he does it in the most mystical way just shows up in your life as this knight in shining armor in a sense kicks the door down beats off the monster skips away it's like disappears for years then comes back and just beats off the monster again he loves beating off monsters frankly this episode is like some sort of like two sides of a coin kind of an episode because you get the historical and you get a space base and then you get the Doctor and Renee, and then you get the Doctor and Rose. And I like the way that they both treat him in these different ways. So I've just remembered that while she's treating him, he's this fairy tale, he's this legend, he's amazing, that kind of thing. I love the line. Because Rose has really grown on me watching it again with you. 
Because I because you love Rose and I loved Rose until I started seeing what people on the internet said about Rose and the majority of people really do not like Rose at all. You're influenced. So watching it again, I was like going, you know what, actually, sod you lot, I like Rose. Yeah, she can be a bit at times yeah, and, screw you Jake you were and, able to convince him to like Rose but then I when I've been trying for months on this podcast well, doesn't work well maybe it's because we've just been dipping <laughs> yeah. in and out of the era where sitting in the only time she annoys me is that it's kind of like I mean it's, it's the thing that annoys me but you absolutely love it is the way that this era kind of just treats her as like you like Rose everybody likes Rose she's back you will be excited that she's I used to be like alright what if I don't like Rose? And it's all like, Rose is our saviour. And it's kind of like all through series three. Like we find it funny how the docs mentions Rose every episode. He's going, oh, Rose would know. Rose. And look, Martha's face is always like, shut the fuck up, man. He like rolls her eyes. And there's a bit in the in Utopia where Jack mentions that Rose is blonde. And Martha's like, oh, she was blonde. What a surprise. <laughs> but I like that because it like... gets to the point where it's very much Martha's just like, fucking hell. Yeah, stop it. I just kind of like, I, I like that book. The thing I really like is just how grounded and kind of like how she just doesn't take any nonsense. Like she, if it's like, she'll believe all these worlds and things like that. But if things that get too fantastical, she's just like, oh, shut up. And I like that there's a bit here where, when the doctor comes in tending to be drunk and he's like, Aah. I like that she just goes, oh, look what the cat dragged in. The oncoming storm. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, <laughs> I just like the way she does that. She's like, oh, this man really took on armies, did he? He's like, oh, here he is again. I just kind of like that. Whereas Renee's been all like, the, the, she's reading all this beautiful poetry about the doctor. She's just like, ugh. You get too very, you get too correct but different perspectives on the doctor as a person somebody yeah. travels with them and sees them daily kind of thing and sees them in their like sees them when they're brushing their teeth kind of thing and you get someone who sees their life and kind of who they are to them it's very much the idea that the doctor you see you see him in this episode as both the fairy tale that he is but also as the grounded human that this era is making him, as just yeah. the person that he is also it's 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 wonderful and i think that's a good that's a big part of why this episode works so well is because it balances those two elements flawlessly that side of the coin thing again. and it's very much it is that side of the coin when you're in french land you get you find that funny jay french land <laughs> <laughs> when you're in that place you get very much the mystical element when you're on the spaceship you get the grounded realism yeah that is why the, that is the doctor basically you get that and it's very much, it makes sense for kind of later on in the Moffat era and later on in the Russell T. Davis era. It really, if you want to, the more, like the more I think about it, if you want to show someone who the Doctor is, like wanna, yeah. who the Doctor is, it's a hell of an episode to show someone because it gives you everything. What, it gives you what people who, like it gives you, if you know the Doctor on this level, you see them as this. If you've met the Doctor on this level, you see them as this. And you get that. And it just does that. And it's a great way of just, like a PowerPoint presentation. The Doctor is this. If you are... Like, it's a flowchart. If you are scared of monster, monster comes to kill you, Doctor shows up, you see him as fantasy. If you are in love with the Doctor, meet him just... at a fire exit, he becomes this grounded mm. thing. It's it's just... It's a very interesting way to see it because you're seeing two different characters in a way, but they are one. And it just shows you that 
two sides to it. And it's just, I just like it. And it's just an interesting way of doing it. It's one of those things, again, I'm coming back to Moffatisms because <laughs> it was one of the things you were saying you wanted to discuss. Yes. And we're probably really overrunning. So we oh, should yes. probably begin to wrap this up. And um, it's one of the, the, the Moffatisms of this episode are both its benefit and its downfall. Because I like the legend fairy tale stuff about the Doctor. I like all of that. I like the creepy monsters. I like doing that kind of thing. I like making something that's really ordinary and making that scary. I like all of that. I like the complicated time thing. I like the time windows. All of These are all clearly very Moffat things. Mm. But there are times in the episode where they do bother me. And that is, like I said, when he reuses monsters and whatever I was building this point towards. Um... <laughs> I know it was going to be. It was going to be how Moffat has this weird obsession with aging the Doctor. I'm going to say that comes down to that 3,000 years. I'll wait around for 3,000 years for you. Because, like, start of the Russell T. Davis era, the Doctor is 900 years old. Mm-hmm. End of the Russell T. Davis era, the Doctor is 905 years old. He has aged five years. Start of the Moffat era, he is 905 years old. End of the Moffat era, he's 2,100 years old. How does that work? You're sick. There is, he ages, <laughs> like, he ages what? Over a thousand years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Moffat has this weird obsession with going, let's just age him. And I think that's just what the a point here I'm saying, yeah, he has to sacrifice that with Mirror, smash with the Mirror, great moment, love it every single time. I also I, love the way that leads into kind of how he defeats the clockwork people, which is just by explaining, kind of done. Yeah, I've done this thing. Back, yeah. can't get back to your ship, so give up. no point. Um, I do like that great moment. I like that he is, like you said, he has sacrificed himself just to save a life. I love that. Mm-hmm. But it's just that, but now I've got to wait around for 3,000 years. Moffat, there is no need to do Like in between series five and six, we ages, what, 500 years? That's just unnecessary. Mm. I think the reason Moffat is doing that is to lead into the fantasy element. It's the idea. He's a mythical being. So, the older but... you make them, the more time they have in their life that you don't know about so the more mystical they become it's it's almost certainly for that reason most likely but it is a bit why does this version of the doctor get this much time and this one gets this little time and like you kind of you're jumping these time like you've got all these gaps in time it's like yeah but now like what happened in there why didn't they do anything in 500 years? Why does this doctor only get... It, 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 does, it feels it's weird. It's just what I think we've discussed before about if you actually think about how long each each doctor has lived, David Tennant is the shortest running doctor. Mm-hmm. Of all the doctor's lives, he was only the 10th doctor for five years. It's so weird. He's, just, the, he's the 11th doctor for about a thousand years. Yeah. But for 10th doctor, just five years. Honestly, it's just it's it's freaky that. Cause, but that but also makes sense because we can put him to perspective like that in our brains. Makes sense. For we can comprehend Rossity, five years. Davis era, like it, it all fits into that being the realism side. But then it's it, also that. Not very much does just explain kind of Moffat and Russell D. Davis in a way. Yeah. But it's we also can comprehend that, that but uh, not that. It's also, um, it might not be his age anyway because in the Sixth Doctor era, he says, I'm 900 years old <laughs> and you're not telling me it's been one year in between the Sixth and the night really doctor. just bashes out time so he clearly just gets to a point and he goes what's my age again that's a blink 182 song isn't it because what's my age again and then just sings what's my age again and then just some tenant singing that for any other things you want to say um what i will say uh I feel like I've been quite negative towards the episode, but I do really like it. It's, yeah. it's, I'm gonna give my rating now. It's a nine out of ten episode for me, but it's like 
They're just, I do like, the, here we are. Here's a negative with a positive. Negative, Rose and Mickey are slightly sidelined. Don't really have a whole lot to do. But it is the beginning of Mickey's kind of redemption thing, where he's gone from being the useless idiot to the capable preacher fighter by the end of series two. Yes. And I like that element. I like that here he is kind of just like, it looks so realistic at the start of the episode, but by the end he's actually quite capable and has the gun and he's kind of with it. I really like the moment and the really sad ending. I feel like we've not talked about that. That's what I wanted to, there are just two things I want to say. The really sad ending, just from Mickey's perspective, I really like that Mickey kind of just understands what the Doctor's going through because he's had Rose just up and out his life like three times. Yeah. So when the Doctor just has this woman suddenly up and out his life and it's just so unexpected, there's the bit in the TARDIS where Mickey goes, come on, Rose, let's go. And he kind of understands what the Doctor's going through and knows he needs to be alone. It shows Mickey has some, it's more about him other than just being the, 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 idiot. the dog in the car. Mickey the idiot, as the Ninth Doctor literally calls him. <laughs> Poor Mickey. Or Ricky the idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, but it's very much, yeah, I get you. It's, it's, it, it gives us a bit more to Mickey there. And... Also, I do like how Rose's go-to. No, I don't, don't really like this. But it's like it's in his go- her go-to with when Madame de Pompadour is sad is Are you okay? And then when the doctor said, Are you all right? I'm like, What do they look like? Do they look like Are you okay? And they're just crying. <laughs> how are you, How are you feeling? I'm like, okay. you, You've got options here, Rose. A <laughs> hug, anything. Like the the Are you okay? Doesn't help much. But what I do like though is when Rose says that the second time to the doctor, Are you all right? And he says. I'm always all right. I fucking burst out crying when he said that genuine. Just, ah, like you weeping. Like, because I was like quite emotional because that, right. The whole ending, fucking sad. Like, really sad. With Madame de Pompadour being, le- you think she like she's leaving and it's like, okay, well, everyone's sad. Can the doctor not just catch up? And then it's like, shame she died. And then the dude's looking out the window and says, shame she died at 43. And you're like, mm-hmm. what? And then just in the cart with the, with the coffin. And you're like, oh. She's kicked the bucket. And then the just the letter and the doctor pockets the letter and then the other guy says quite right. And it's just it it has this kind of somber atmosphere to it from the moment he goes back up until the end of the episode. It's very much this she's gone and it really puts into perspective. Moffat is really good at this actually, like putting into perspective how old the doctor is. He likes to age him up and he likes his fantasy, but he's really good at putting into perspective he is this different being who can't quite white it's not like like the puzzle pieces never really quite fit really with his Mm. relationships and friendships with humans and it just kind of shows you like yeah he'll outlive them and there'll be something that goes wrong and it just is really sad that and it is the idea that the doctor loses someone else he saves them and they get a great life but he still loses them and i just find that really really quite sad and then when rose says you're right and then he says i'm always all right and I'm just there, like, because I was quite emotional. And I'm there, like, and genuinely tears straight away. Like, just, no, he's not. And it's just like, he's not okay. And I'm just crying because it genuinely, it's a really fucking, because it's, it's relatable in a way. Because it's like that idea that he's he's saying that. And it's like, he's really fucking not. He's not okay. He's not doing well. And he's never really, like, I'm always okay, translates to. I'm never really doing quite well. And it's it's incredibly just beautiful that line and i just find it very very good mm. and what it kind of says about tenant's doctor and just the doctor as a whole and i just found it really quite upsetting aiden finds this boring though <laughs> no i'm just really tired i've been awake for a very long but time but no just damn good ending 
absolutely. Yes. Um, it is, it is. I feel like I've been negative towards it, but I do actually really, really enjoy this episode. There are so many moments I really like. I like that it is really scary. I really like that it is really romantic. I do like those elements. It's, it's one of those, I said it before, how Moffat can do really good poetic writing. Mm. Whereas I think whether or not his stories are better than Russell T. Davies, I'd say who's like kind of the better writer in a sense of how they use words. I do think it is Moffat. Mm. Um, I like his style. So it's one of those times it's like kind of, like you said, it's like, it's like if you want to show what the Doctor is in a single episode, you can do it with this one because you can see the fun side. You can see the dangerous side. You can see the historical side. You can see the old side. All this, all these things you can do that here. I think you can also do a lot of how does Moffat write episodes here? Because you can see, like I said, the complicated time thing. Why? What do you mean? It's the, 18, the 1700s with the whatever it would be in 3,000 years. I can't be asked to work that out. That kind of four, thing. 4,700s in 3,000 years in the future. If it's a 17. Hundreds. Add oh. four to the one. Yes. Yeah, so no, three it. to the one, and then you get a four. Well, I, was it three thousand years from then, or three thousand years from us? It just said three thousand. That's that's where my complication. Anyway, Jake, help me here. Anyway, I tried to give him an answer, um, and he wouldn't take it. And uh, yeah, I just, I just really, I do think it's really strong. It's like I said, it's it's scary, oh. it's sad, oh. it's romantic, oh. and it's funny, and it's everything Doctor Who should be, and it's an extremely strong episode. What is really, I really like about series two of our podcast here is that all four pre-Moffat Moffat episodes are in it. We have done in it Says a lot two. about the Moffat era. All of them. Where were the we've actually... Chibnall episodes? Which series did we do those ones in? Which of those in series one? Mm, where we, and where you we think discuss about, like, shit episodes. And even like, but even we've not done that many Russell T. Davis episodes in series two. We've done some. Mm. No, not a whole lot. But we've done all of Moffat's pre-Moffat ones. And I think that really shows something. It does. I prefer Russell Davis as a writer. Does Ross does Russell Davis create the like does does he have more consistent in terms of consistent quality? But the thing is with Moffat, like with these ones beforehand. They really like it's just interesting. It's almost, yeah. I feel like I feel like one is a better writer and the other is a better Doctor Who writer, but I don't know which is which. Do I have to say it like that? Yeah. I think they're both great and it's just very much they're, yeah they're both great and which one do I prefer? like it's hard to th- like I can't like which one's I'm, I'm leaning towards saying Moffat's the better Doctor Who writer but Russell T. Davis is the better writer yes that's what I'm leaning towards because I think Moffat can write the Doctor and that world very well but then whereas it's Russell like, but, is incredible at kind of making it yeah. real but then the do you get what Davis, I mean the Russell Davis era was more successful yes but then is, that, is that because people liked oh this is such a great interpretation of Doctor Who or this is just great TV did people just drop off like I did because they just got a bit bored of it eventually yeah. or maybe got to, I don't it's just it, it's interesting I, but the thing is I do think they're both great and I do think Russell T. Davis... They're both 10 out of 10 incredible. That's but. the thing. So Russell T. Davis coming... Like, I'm just thinking in terms of him coming back. Why is him coming back so great? And it is because we know what he can do in terms of creating a world of Doctor Who. Because it is just this big chunk of kind of quality television. A couple of duds in there. But do the duds come from Russell T. Davis? Maybe a couple. But really, that's not how it that's really not how it worked. You get kind of this consistent quality throughout. 
with kind of episodes which are like seven out of tens upwards, that kind of thing constantly, like consistently. Whereas with the Moff era, maybe you'd get like six out of tens and then a couple of like nine out of tens every so often. Do you mm. get what I mean? So I'm just thinking in terms of kind of a consistent feel, I think Russell T. Davis is good at that. Like across Eccleston and Tennant, it's a very consistent feel. You don't feel like you've changed anything other than the Doctor. Whereas probably each each series, I'd say definitely Smith and Capaldi have very different feels in both mm, eras. Exactly. But also I'd say every series feels different. That's that's what I'm thinking here. Series 5 is not the same vibe as Series 6 and that is definitely not the same vibe as Series 7 which is definitely not the vibe of Series 8, 9 or 10. Mm, they're both brilliant writers but I just think what Russell does differently I'll say is creates this kind of bubble that is just all contained. It makes sense. Like a, and, that, and that would make sense for an audience to like it because you're not they can, being... They can follow it chain, well. It's not being changed every series, which is maybe part of the reason why I dropped off. Definitely, probably, almost certainly. I'd say it's like episode one, Rose, is point A. Mm-hmm. End of time is point B. Yeah. Whereas a Moffat, you kind of go A, X, Z, <laughs> F, G, B, C, D, and then you go off to M, then P, and it's like, it's, whoa. He's still learning his alphabet. <laughs> yeah. I realized I said Z before, but that should have <laughs> that should have been the last one. Yeah. I'm going to say that about does it. I don't know if you had any notes we didn't discuss, but because I only had one page, I've done all of mine. Yeah, but it's like it all, it all fits together. It all merges, and we've said the main points, and... Just a really good episode. What would you give it out of ten? Nine. Probably. I've said nine. What would you give it? Eight or nine. Eight or nine. I think it's consistently high. It's not perfect. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it is incredible. And it, the things it does right are the it, Doctor's it does, character exploring and it, it, and it, it does so it right. so well. Yeah. It elevates any small negatives. So I just think it's very good. And it's another testament to, I say this a lot, testament to Moffat's writing. Like I'm discovering how much of Doctor Who is kind of like, I, as we've said, I know a huge part of it is Russell Davis and I'm so thankful for him and what we're getting from him coming up, which is so exciting. Yeah. But this podcast, like especially series two is kind of just saying, Moffat's better than you probably thought he was like to me. And it's like, I, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I'd say that about wraps it up. Yeah. Has Next. Jake got any final thoughts? Yeah. Have you got any opinions you want to say about this episode or Moffat, your opinion on Moffat so far? Please don't say no. I'm encouraging you to talk right now. Begging you, yes. Um, <laughs> thoughts on Moffat? Moffat or this episode? Or both? Because you've seen quite, you've seen three Moffat episodes. I think every you... episode we've watched has got better. Like I, mm. with the, what's what was the first one? That's it. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I can see why people really like it, but it didn't blow me away. Mm. But every time it's, I can understand more and more why he was chosen as a showrunner. Yeah. Can you understand why Chibnall was chosen as showrunner? Well, no, because the ones we've watched have been absolute shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you think? Sorry, Jake, do you think that's because you're understanding how Moffat writes the Doctor more? Because he does, as we've said, he writes him as more In of a very this legend way. kind of thing. I guess. I just think the episodes have got better. Just in terms of quality? Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. So are you excited for the one that's in this series? Yeah. 
Well, I'm excited for everything in this series. Because <laughs> episode one blew you away yeah, so it's... much. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I think that's what's really curious. Because the reason I've really got you on, because you've said barely a word, the reason I've got you on is because of on our Twitter, I do the thread where as we watch it, I kind of do some of your opinions. The reason I do that thread isn't for likes because nobody ever likes them except you and Daniel. But um, <laughs> there is, and Will, it's always Will. He, he's always there with a comment to say. But um, the reason I like doing this is because it, I think it's fascinating. Seeing, some of the opinions you have. Because it is the, it is very much, it's almost like a travel back in time. Ooh, Doctor Who. Because it's like, because I'm so, this is what Doctor Who fans think of this. Then you come in with a completely different opinion. And I go, oh, maybe it's actually not that after all. Mm. Or even just seeing some moments again for the first time. Like, how many times did you reckon you've rewatched Rose appearing in Parts oh, of Oh, so many times. <laughs> Put a number on it. How many times do you reckon? Probably, probably like 15 times. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just keep watching I was making like five. What the no. fuck, Jake? <laughs> no, I've watched it so many times. Oh my God. And then I would get a message at like 2am where it just goes, <laughs> Rose is back! <laughs> no, so, it's just, it's very interesting, like, seeing your perspective on Doctor Who. I hope you're enjoying it. Yes, I You am. better be. Way more than I thought I would. <laughs> uh, it's a bit offensive, because you should have been expecting to be the perfect show ever, but okay. <laughs> how much How much did you enjoy, how much did you expect to enjoy it before, and then after watching the first episode? I thought I'd be like, this is fine. Well, just I'm... indulging Aiden, really. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I'm not really into sci-fi, and that's the main thing that put me off. He's not yeah, really neither either. Am I. But after watching, probably I enjoyed the first episode, but it's the second episode where I was like, okay, this is I'm actually with you now. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. Is, is that still why it's so high on your ranking? Probably. Because and though... it's got Cassandra in it, so. <laughs> <laughs> and the face of Bo, which is really who? Oh, Jack. Yeah. How much? How much did that blow you that... away? That bit. Yeah, that's <laughs> such a good moment. It's great, and it's so casual. It just yeah, face of bow. They called me. You were like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> Rewind that. What the fuck did he say? Face of fucking bow. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, next week we're not gonna have an episode. Yeah, well, because we're gonna be busy doing things. Oh yeah. I'm gonna be recording an audio drama. You're gonna be filming a film. We do not have time to be messing around with this nonsense. Yeah, there might be a little hiatus because I'm going to be filming until the end of the month, really. But the end of the week after, we will be back. We'll, I can probably we'll, fit like a weekend or a day in. We'll find a day we can do. The week, yeah. We just need next when week. I, when I'm like busy, we find a day. And he's yeah. busy. There'll be, there'll, I'm, sure there'll be one, <laughs> I'm sure there'll be one day in the week where you're not doing something or an evening where you're not doing something. Yeah. Um, just come back from filming at like 10 o'clock. Yeah, it's just... I know. It's just... I know, I know. It's, Definitely next week, there's not going to be anyone. Maybe the week after, there's not going to be one. But so we could have a one or two week hiatus here. We will be back because we've still got five five episodes to go to get to our 50 goal. And that episode is going to be The God Complex. Mm. You're like, in, 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 Ro in Roblox terms, it's the hotel. Ah, I'm excited oh. for that one. It's the one there. It's amazing. But it's in series six, part two, which you have not seen. Oh, no. So um, neither of you, Jake. And no, neither is he. So longer than me to watch it. So I'm like going, I'm like going, yeah, the God Complex. Can't wait for this. And you're both just like, yes, God Complex. That's that for this week. You can join us again next week. Same bad time. <laughs> Same bad channel. <laughs> Thank and you goodbye. very much for listening, everyone. Bye bye.
Well, I say something. I'll go join us next week. He can do bat time. You can do bat channel. Okay, mm. let's ready? See. What? 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 Go. What? Just go. Go. Join us next week. What am I doing? You've just. You've just oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta say same bat time. Same same what? Time? Bat time. Bat time. Bat. time. Time. Same bat like time. A bat. Like, yes, bat, bat. Batman. Why? Why bat? <laughs> what it's an old joke. Right, I'm going to do, okay. we'll do that one. Okay. About time. Wait, 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 after I've said it. Uh, do I say time, though? Yes. Time. Okay. <laughs> yes. So that's that for this week. Join us next week. Oh. 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 You, said, you said you were going first. I did go first. Go first. <laughs> okay, sorry. All right, let's try that again. <laughs>